You know what really makes us mad? Is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Tell them about Back Row. Here's how to order. Greetings, listeners. It's Dan talking to you about Patreon. That's right. We have a Patreon here at Back Row. We are running on donations from listeners just like yourself. We have a goal right now of $150 a month. We have recently hit our goal of being able to keep the lights on, so thank you. And if you go sign up for a dollar, for three dollars, for five dollars, you're going to get a number of different perks. They can go from early episodes to bonus episodes to a end of the year swag bag. You're not going to want to miss out on this, so go to patreon.com slash backrowcineblog or backdashrow.com and scroll to the bottom of the page and click on Patreon. Thank you in advance and enjoy the episode. Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row. A podcast like no other. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Back Row. We are a podcast from backdashrow.com. You might have heard from us. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on. It's like Jenna does this robot voice a lot. It's like sort of her claim to fame. And I realize it's like she still talks like a robot. She's just not doing the voice. (laughs) You're going to put some auto-tune on that later, maybe? Yes. My name is Jenna Ibgar. I am a robot. Hello. Um, That's just all natural, baby. We are here all together, as you might have heard, a bunch of uh, rascals laughing a second ago. We got who? We got Carlo. Hey, yo. We got Veronica. Hey. We got Dan. Hiya. And we have me, Jenna. The robot. (laughs) The robot. Genbot. Genbot 2000. 3000, actually. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. And... So we are here today because we have the Back Rosies, our <laughs> annual, celebrated, um, 50th annual Back Rosie Awards. <laughs> Must have missed the last one. <laughs> We've been doing them a long time, just not putting them out there. Yeah, it's, right. it's been a while. And um, if you remember from the last 50 years, basically what this is, uh, is that we go through things, we make up categories, we nominate things, and then we all sort of decide who wins just by being reasonable about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a very special one because instead of 2019 movies, because who gives a shit? Actually, if you care, well, you can go on backdashrow.com and you can read all four of our <laughs> 2019 nominations. But instead for this, because it's such a special anniversary, we're actually going to talk about the best of the decade. So the best of 2010s. It's crazy. Nice. How can we even remember that long, you know? I know. I can for sure. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) How about them 2010s? Yeah, they weren't as bad as the 2000s. Yeah. I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, I'd agree with that. I feel like the music and fashions were better. Uh, Magic Mike came out, so yeah. that automatically makes it better than anything that came before. Yeah, stylistically, I feel like things calm down like like a lot. Like when I go back and watch, you know, thrillers or horror movies from the like you know two thousands, the early two mm-hmm. thousands, they're like, 
unreal how kind of you know intense people were leaning into editing and leaning into all these wild just sort mm. of like super dated stylistic choices whereas now things are really stylish but like maybe a little bit more tastefully Right. Yeah, but that's that's what you're saying now, though. Yeah. <laughs> what about in ten years? <laughs> yeah. I will. Exactly. I, I definitely uh, agree about the editing thing, where it's there are so many fight scenes from. I mean, they still do this in a lot of like Marvel movies or whatever. But there's so many fight scenes in earlier like 2000s movies that you can't yeah. even tell what's going on, and it's mm. so edited <laughs> to pieces that you're just kind of you're just watching punches land, and you don't even know who's getting hit. And then mm. you, I think now there's there's a lot more long takes, I feel, nowadays, which sometimes it gets annoying. I don't need to hear everyone jerking off over a one take. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, they went down the stairs. You're like, oh, did they? <laughs> but on the other hand, I'll take that over something just being, like, chopped up to death. Yeah. 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 I also just appreciate that they discover color again in the 2010s because... Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff in the 2000s was just, I don't know, what they so were going boring. for, like grittiness or whatever, mm-hmm. like very brown and yeah. uh, muted colors. And yeah. Especially no. in blockbusters. Yeah. Like all the horror movies mm. were green. That like kind of yeah. sickly. I remember the first, when the first Saw movie came out, because I went to go see it. I was super excited for it. Yeah. I mean, like, this is so ugly. Like, it, it just is. looked so flat, you know? I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. That's the point, Vern. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's gritty. Don't mansplain to me, Jenna, okay? <laughs> I won't hear it. It's funny. I kind of think that one of the things that really uh, stood out to me about the 2010s is how good television became, <laughs> which we're not allowed to speak about because we're barred yeah. in international waters from speaking about television on back row. But um, I, I don't know. There's so much mini, there were amazing miniseries that, I thought were so cinematic and would have been great movies and did not need to be exactly 10 hours long or however mm-hmm. yeah. long most of them end up being though. I appreciated it because the one thing I think that we're losing, and maybe this is where the one take stuff is kind of coming back to it, but we've lost so much breathing room. And I feel like the there, there now movies have to be this like, go, go, go in a way that yeah. you can only find like character dramas on television because no one thinks because probably, I mean, it's not, Probably it is because of the Hollywood, you know, money making machine and that we're trying to cater to like several countries to make our profits back by billions or whatever it is. And so (laughs) it's just, you know, they're catering to like the the popcorn flick, which is a bummer. And, you know, Mm. which isn't to say there wasn't great things that came out in the 2010s. But I feel like the stuff that really calls to me personally ended up being on television, which is which sucks. You know, (laughs) that's just like a lot of like medium budget stuff these days just ends up on television or they're like Netflix movies, but Netflix again, that's television. Well, and also I think that's, that's like a a very true of American movies. I found that a lot Mm. of like foreign cinema is okay with things sitting and being, and there's even like this whole trend in some Nordic countries in Germany, which doesn't surprise me uh, of these, like those very uncomfortable comedies where half the mm. joke is just people like sitting in silence for an extended period of time. It's like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> I'm laughing because I want to leave. But uh, <laughs> so I think that a lot of, Sp- I feel like a lot of Spanish language movies have people sort of sitting and staring at each other very, and then again, but that was like my biggest, one of my biggest complaints about the new Suspiria where I was like, they're just staring at each other. What's going on? Why are we here? 
So, and call me by my name as Jenna knows, or your name, whatever. I was like, Ugh, just people staring at each other. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be having sex with each other? What am I yeah. paying for? This isn't my Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Get out of here. I'm going to go watch some gay guys. <laughs> I live in San Francisco. I can do that. <laughs> Well, so let's let's get right into it then. We we wrote down about um, a million categories, <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna get to all of them. Now. We're um, doing it. We're gonna go through these. So uh, let's start with best movie I thought sucked, but then realized <laughs> is actually phenomenal. That was my addition. Do you want me to start with it? Yeah. Yes, please. So the reason I made this category was because when Prometheus came out in two in twenty twelve. I went and I saw it in the movie theater, and I thought it looked amazing. Of course, Ridley Scott's movies always are, you know, pretty beautiful and and well constructed, and you know, from a technical perspective. But I left that movie theater being like, I don't know what I thought of this, but I think I hated it. And then I got really sucked up in all this kind of um, thing that I now hate, which is people that just nitpick the movie, um, and say like, she should have ran out of the way of the thing that was falling or right. like, here, here's That's all these, valid <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just like part of suspension of disbelief? Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense, but who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. And so I was able to return to Prometheus like a year or two later after one of my friends just kept badgering me about how amazing it was. <laughs> And, oh, and, so you're a bully then to liking it. Eventually. No, but he was like, no, like you, re like you really should recheck it out. And I came at it from a fresh perspective, mm. and knowing that there was things that I I thought at the time were kind of logistical errors that I then realized were actually baked into the movie for very specific reasons, and I was able to be like, actually, I think I love this movie. Actually. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, where did Pat come from? It's Sorry, Pat from It's Pat. Hey, celebrity <laughs> guest. Database from The Simpsons. <laughs> same thing, that's same that. thing, same thing. That, same that's who Pat was based on, basically. <laughs> well, I appreciate your enjoyment of Prometheus because I too enjoyed Prometheus, though I yeah. didn't hate it when I saw it. But I, I, I wrote that whole thing about Alien Covenant on the site because it was mm. a great movie. Yeah, I, everyone I hates liked it. Prometheus. I definitely I wasn't like, oh, it sucks or oh, I thought there was yeah. a lot of like great scenes in it. I thought some of the stupid stuff was stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, as it as it would be. But I kind of had a similar issue with Covenant as I did with Prometheus, which I don't even blame entirely on, you know, the movie. I sometimes I think stuff gets not gets enough gay too robot much. sex. Oh, well, duh. that's my complaint with every movie. Like, why do we have two Michael Fassbenders and they're not having sex with each other? Who wants to see this? But with, I, I The sex liked... is in the subtext. Yeah, right? No, 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 I want it up on front. But it's the, the, the interesting concepts a lot of times don't get to get as explored because people want robots and monsters and da 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 like yeah. mm -hmm. I really love the scenes in Covenant with David talking to David and going like, you know, no, I've engineered this species, even though it's supposed to be a prequel, but whatever. Yeah. And you know playing each playing each other's flutes. Yes. Yeah. Remember that scene? I'll, that's so good. I'll do, I'll the, do fingering the fingering, yeah. Blow. That's that yeah, that's like not even subtext. That's so obvious. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. That's a great movie. <laughs> That's a good category, actually, is best gay robot scene. 
There you um, go. We just covered it. Alien Covenant. Yeah, yeah. Do you know any others? <laughs> I was like, tell me. I'll write them down. Hold on. I have to say that my my nomination for this category is going to be Ex Machina because nice. I saw that and I didn't like it and I had issues with it and I was really disappointed because I like Alex Garland a lot. I like Donald Gleason. I love Oscar Isaac. Uh, Alicia Vikander's fine. And <laughs> True. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> But I was I was so disappointed by it. But the thing is that like it's it's funny because there the things that that movie did really well, which was basically just toxic masculinity and the the dynamic between um, Gleason and Isaac, basically as these two different types of tech bro, mm. was so well done that like I keep thinking about it for that. Yeah, and I, like I, the robot stuff was disappointing, but like that was so perfectly done, and they're both they were just they're both so good. They worked off of each other so well. Yeah, I I saw that and was lucky enough to have a Q and A session with um, Garland afterwards, Ooh. and and it was really great because he he really like cut through any kind of bullshit, and he didn't pull that like what do you think that my movie means or whatever he was just like this is this and like just totally laid it all out and i was like oh amazing nice <laughs> yeah yeah i'll have to rewatch that jenny because i know you and i were talking about that as something that it was a movie i was really looking forward to and saw it and was just kind of like oh okay um hmm. so yeah it loses itself watched it since yeah yeah yeah, I've seen it twice. Like, I watched it the first time, and it kind of blew me away. And the second time, I just showed it to Michelle, basically. And I was still into it. So, yeah, I like that movie, for sure. Mine's Magic Mike, honestly. <laughs> when it came out in 2012, <laughs> oh, yeah. and when it, <laughs> when it came out, I remember at that point, I also hadn't seen much of Channing Tatum's work. I think I'd seen, like, a trailer for the Step Up movies, and was like, that guy's stupid. He can't act. And then I saw, I, like just kind of thought it was going to be this stupid like showgirls type movie um i didn't realize it was directed by steven soderbergh mm. i didn't so yeah. that probably would have clued me in when i saw <laughs> it at the castro in like 2014 2015 maybe it's like a few years after it came out i really was like stunned by how much i liked it and how clever it was and how in like how much was going on in it. I just thought it was going to be some stupid, like, soap opera type movie, and it wasn't. The second one totally is, but, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, the second yeah, one's a, a disappointment, but the first one had, it had way more in it than I expected, for sure. It was way more depressing than I, I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. It's just about, like, I mean, it's about capitalism on the front, and, you know, and then it's also just about, like, the lack of humanity in the world where it's like people you think are your friends are so quick to dispose of you if you don't have something for them and people are so fast to stigmatize you and it's just like wow there's a lot going on here all right and you wrote a good article about that on back road yeah i paired it with wild things go watch movies about florida (laughs) yeah and be grateful you don't live there (laughs) (laughs) damn no, you know I love Florida, but all, it, it seems... All our Floridian listeners just immediately turned. just turned off. Yeah. <laughs> they know the truth. Do you have a pick, Carlo? Or... <laughs> um, yeah, for my pick, it's... I don't know if I thought this movie was going to suck or whatever. Like, um, the movie's Man of Tai Chi, okay. uh, directed by Keanu Reeves. 
probably his only directed movie, I think. Um, but yeah, this is kind of like a modern martial arts movie in the trend of more like, I'd say like 70s, 80s, like early 80s even martial arts movies. But just for being like a modern martial arts movie, not directed by someone who was like a big name in Hong Kong. I was very wary of this movie, but mm -hmm. then I saw some people logging it and they all um, gave it like fairly positive review. So I just checked it out and th that movie is totally, it totally holds up and it's, it's, it's pretty, um, the thing you get with a lot of like modern, modern martial arts movies, um, especially like coming out of China these days, they feel sort of like influenced by the Hollywood way of making action movies in a bad way. Like mm. it, it all becomes pretty excessive that you just sort of lose sight of the things that made those movies work back in the day. Um, but this movie keeps things very simple. It's, it's just like an under, underdog story with personal stakes. Uh, but it still has like quality choreography because the guy who did the choreography on was uh, Yun Wu Ping, who also did uh, the choreography for like a ton, a ton of movies. Basically, he's the go-to guy. Like the Ip Man movies, not directed by him, but mm. also did the choreography on those and like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He's definitely like the go-to guy, and he also worked on this movie. So it has like a really good mix of just. Um, yeah, like I said, keeping things simple, but still the action feels very succinct and um, in, in, in the ways you want this kind of movie to function. So mm. if you've never checked out Man of Tai Chi and you're into like uh, action movies, martial arts movies, it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, Keanu did a good job in that one. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, didn't, I haven't heard of that. I didn't even know he directed that. I, I know he's done mm. documentaries. Yeah. Um, he, he did a couple of things around this era. There's another one called like Ronin something, 47 Ronin or whatever, but he didn't direct that one. Um, yeah, this is before like the whole John Wick revival thing. Yeah. Kicked his career back up uh, a notch. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing about it, but I didn't see it. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And also maybe like an honorable mention, not really a nomination, but I really like the new Child's Play movie. <laughs> with, with Aubrey Plaza that was uh, surprisingly fun actually that movie's for, great yeah. yeah for doing something different with the franchise but still making <laughs> it fun and uh, yeah I mean the cast as well like Aubrey Plaza is great uh, Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky like I yeah. love Brad Dourif it's like one of my favorite actors um, but for this one they just basically clean slate reboot yeah. Uh, thing for Chucky and that was definitely a big surprise yeah yeah and like Mark Hamill's voice for Chucky so perfect for a different yeah. kind of Chucky but yeah just a colorful and funny modern horror movie that yeah that really clicked for me and I, I definitely didn't expect that yeah uh, but yeah it's about it nice nice so okay so we have Prometheus uh, we have, uh, let's see if I can remember all of them. <laughs> I wrote them Magic down. Mike and Man yeah. of Tai Chi. Yeah. Yep. Those and are the, the new Chucky movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want, but like I said, it, uh, that'll be two nominations for me then. And, yeah. <laughs> and we all know that's, that's deeply illegal and you might go to jail for it. But we're, you know what? we're going to run with it. We're going to do it. <laughs> and the winner is... I actually would vote for Prometheus. 
I, I mean, I nominated it and I would have to vote for it just because I felt like there was such a um, cavern of public opinion that came out about that movie. Right. Like, there was so many, like, you know, 30 minute YouTube videos of here's why Prometheus actually sucks. And it's like, <laughs> no, it rules. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I guess I'll my in my heart i want magic mike but that was actually a good point that there's not the amount of vitriol towards mm. magic mike as there is towards prometheus so it is mm. a much more like you know dismissed movie everyone yeah. loves magic mike <laughs> yeah and at this point my vote doesn't matter but just 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 to stick it to nerds being like <laughs> anal over new sci-fi movies and all that yeah <laughs> let, just give it to prometheus sweet Dun, da, da, da. Prometheus, all right winner. sweet what's our next pick you tell me dan well, I, on my list, if we're just going up towards Best Picture, it's the next would be Best On-Screen Death. And my nomination for that would be Any Death from Green Room, mm. which is a s amazing movie. Maybe even what it was, you know, could be in the running for my best of uh, the decade. I just really like that movie a lot. And the gore and the death scenes in that movie are just so intense they just they hit so hard yeah just that <laughs> entire movie is is a, is a, is a trip man yeah <laughs> almost i almost could have nominated something from that child's play movie there's a couple good kills in that mm, but it's true me, yeah, yeah. I, I was considering it yeah, yeah but i've got i've got something else for like me that. it would really just be any of the people getting murdered in green room <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah for my best death i'm not gonna pick like one specific death and i'm not even gonna pick a specific movie oh boy uh, I, I just wanted to give <laughs> i just wanted to give a note a, a nod to the final destination franchise okay um which ended in 2011 so it qualifies oh, okay. though... so i was like i don't think that <laughs> no 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 the, the last one did the okay. last one did, okay. did come out uh, in the previous decade uh and on a high note uh, as far as i'm concerned because like part five was one of the best ones i felt um uh, I'd re-watched them all recently, like some of them I had seen, some of them I hadn't seen. Um, but yeah, these movies are basically, I'm sure everyone's seen a Final Destination movie, probably the first one, but they're just these like insane, cartoony Rube Goldberg yeah. murder machines that only exist to show you all the ways in which you could die if the universe was extremely really set on killing you, you. <laughs> yeah yeah it, they make no sense whatsoever but that makes them so much fun i feel and most of them still hold up for that reason like it's yeah like none of that elevated horror nonsense these movies are just gleeful and and a little trashy and nonsensical and I really wish they had just kept making them or maybe there's a revival in the works. Um, I know they've been considering making a new one, but like not any specific plans. So yeah, uh, my nomination is the Final Destination franchise because they Sweet. love death. In nice. sort of, you know, the same vein, um, I'm torn between nominating all the stupid teen horror movies that have come out lately like truth or dare <laughs> and yeah. uh happy death day happy death day mm. had some great you know but funnily enough for me since i didn't like the movie that much would it would charlie's death in hereditary count as on screen i guess we sure don't, like yeah. i really loved that whole scene i just thought 
that it, there was so much about it where I, like that was really when I still kind of was holding on to like elevated horror quote unquote mm. of like oh man yeah this is what I want I want something where it's gonna be it really is very affecting and it's very upsetting and it but it yeah. looks like it was done by someone with an eye for style and color and blah 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 and yeah. I loved that, that scene that and I thought is, it was it's wild yeah like it just hits so well and it works so realistically and then a little while you know a couple of scenes later they show you the remnants of you know their yeah. head on the side of the road and it's that much more upsetting you know definitely um, but it's so it's it is funny that like I didn't like the rest of that movie, but I did <laughs> like that part. <laughs> yeah, the weight paid to death in that movie was really fantastically done, even if the plot yeah. sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the idea that this horrific thing happens and he is so just like broken from it that he just silently goes home and just goes to sleep. Home. It's just yeah. like that definitely hits, even though I don't like the movie. <laughs> right, the scene yeah. of him like lying in bed and then hearing his mom screaming is like because yeah. you can that's also such a believable reaction that a teenager would just yeah. be in shock and be like, I'm just, yeah, I'm so fucked. Sleep. I can't even deal with this. Right. Right. Like that yeah. makes, that makes a lot of sense, you know? So it's it also using the reality of, of death and psychology and how people react to things yeah. instead of just, you know, Oh, he's weeping. Oh, he's holding his sister's body. It's like, no, a lot of times people shut down. Which is yeah. in its own way very upsetting. That like you're mm. you've been so affected by something that your brain just goes like nah 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 we're gonna close for a little while. You just go <laughs> home and go to bed. Okay. Well, I'm gonna choose um, uh, one movie instead of every movie. And... <laughs> Lame. Hey, I only picked one I'm, movie. I'm, I'm sensing some shade in that comment. <laughs> quality over quality, man. Uh, <laughs> that's our motto here. Yeah, like that's why there's four of us now. But <laughs> Asterix, hey, but Asterix, <laughs> I'm going to choose one movie, but I'm going to choose many deaths in Climax. Because sure. Climax to me, well, actually, I will, I will, though, focus on one death, which was the death of the child. Yeah. Which is not also not technically on screen, but like when it happened, like deeply disturbed me to like such a degree. <laughs> and it was like not even the fact that it was a child. It was just like the the circumstance of someone being drugged that doesn't comprehend what that even is. And then doing yeah. something that they couldn't comprehend was actually dangerous because they didn't they're a child. I don't know what this is, and I haven't seen this movie, but this sounds fucked up. It's so... I, d I don't want any yeah. part of it. It's so <laughs> fucked up. It, it, like, I've been meaning to watch it for so long. Oh, man. It's very I, good. I highly recommend yeah. it. <laughs> I like Gaspar Noé, so... I'll leave it yeah, at that. But it, it was yeah. really disturbing. Like, that that of all of it... And the whole thing's disturbing, but, like, oh, man. It's, so, well, anyhow. and that, that death in particular is also... Because, it's you know, it's always upsetting when an innocent is hurt, of course. But that one's also yeah. upsetting because the kid gets electrocuted and we as the audience and everyone in the movie kind of knows what happened and everyone's freaking out on acid and some people starts going like oh tony i think the kid's name was it's like oh tony's toast like they're kind of you know yeah, they're too not fucked like up the, to realize to do the right, right. thing and so they're kind of like really laughing upsetting. and joking about it while his mother who's also freaking out on drugs is you know and all of this non-consensual yeah as far as the drugging it's not like they're mm. like, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of acid and see what happens. But 
So yeah, it's, it is a very awful. upsetting scene. <laughs> mm. Such um, a good movie. <laughs> All right, so we have Green Room, we have Final Destination, all of them. We have Hereditary, we have Teen Movies, all of them, and we have Climax. That doesn't have to be. We don't have to vote for that. That was just that's my honorable. No, no, mention. I'm I'm, I'm, vo- I'm voting for all of the teen movies. Just for that. just like like I said, quantity over quality. So. I'm actually I'm torn. I'm, I'm, I'm torn. voting for Climax. Um, I. Climax, there's a bunch of other categories that I'm like, oh, that's what I'm nominating Climax for. So I didn't want to bring it up for this one but because it, mm. it does have some amazing on-screen deaths. But you know what? Jenna brought it up, so I'm voting for it. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Hereditary because I feel like... <laughs> Damn it, Jenna! <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have Dan's going to break the tie or he's going to totally screw oh, no. us, which he's will be great because... Movies. Because then everything will win. But teen um, movies, teen movies. Teen movies is very good, quite frankly. Teen movies was my other nomination. But I think that yeah. Hereditary, I mean, it really is, it was on screen. <laughs> hey, everything in Green Room qualified. was on screen. I, you know what, Green Room I haven't seen, even though I know about yeah. it. So I, that's why, yeah. I, I, you know, I, that's it. That's where I think it's unfair. I'm torn, right? I'm torn, but I I. I, I can't give it to Final Destination because only Ooh. one of those movies came out in this decade. <laughs> and I have this weird thing where I have I had like I know people that would put like best TV show of the decade and they had shows that have been on from like the 90s and I'm like it doesn't count unless you're talking specifically okay, about fine. episodes then I'm nominating from this decade. Final Destination 5. Final okay. Destination 5 it is. <laughs> so I, I you already AKA spoiled me five on that one. <laughs> as much as I'm not a fan of Ari Aster, I do think that the death in Hereditary is incredibly impactful and memorable and very intense. And so I feel like I'll give it to that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. It deserves it, that's for sure. It is a yeah. Like... Beheading children wins yeah. again. <laughs> Welcome oh to back row. Yeah. Beheading kids. I, I kind of want to get my nomination out of the way for best big budget blockbuster. Hmm. Yeah, let's do um, it. Do it. So my nomination for this movie, this category is the 2017 finale of the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, War for the Planet of the Apes. So you're nominating a part of a movie now. That's one movie. <laughs> what is this? It's uh, one of a trilogy. Chaos. <laughs> How chaos. is that? You're reaching. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> so War for the Planet of the Apes, um, it's the finale of a trilogy, and this is a Hollywood blockbuster. It plays like like 75 to maybe even more 80% in subtitles and sign language. Hmm. Um, it still completely sells every opinion and vantage point, emotional core of the film. Um, I, I, I see a lot of like, you know, in this era of blockbuster uh, discussion, like, you know, saying that every Hollywood movie is just churning out of a factory. And I think this mm-hmm. is a really good example of something that is not, just a blockbuster it's very it, it is actually partially challenging it's a western it's a convoy movie it's a revenge movie it's a jail escape movie it's like a, almost a biblical epic and it's all of that at once and it works and i really liked this movie a lot um and yeah i just think it's so great mm, it is it is a great movie <laughs> yeah i agree i think what like when you see people saying like all blockbusters are just avengers and stuff it's like <laughs> 
we had a really cool one a couple years back and I feel like people didn't really care about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that entire trilogy is like super solid. Uh, yeah. Start to finish. So I haven't yes. seen it. <laughs> no, me neither. Sorry. Damn it. Honestly, <laughs> this one, I don't think I even, I'm like racking my brain for a blockbuster that I saw and wasn't like tired of yeah. halfway through. Um, well, I, I, I mean, saw Civil War in the theaters and was like, I'm over this. I want to <laughs> go home. I I would give a runner up to Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. because sure. I really like that. Um, but I think that my choice is going to have to be The Man from Uncle by Guy Ritchie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah you know, see, I, I love when that it. came out, it looked terrible. And then now I'm seeing a lot of people that like, I feel like when it came out, the 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 response was like, "This is pretty good." But I feel like a couple years removed, now people are saying, "Actually, that was really great." Hmm. And I kind of now I'm like, "I got to see it. I should have seen it." It's really campy, and it actually it buys into like the 1960s. Like I like the Man from Uncle TV show, and it buys into mm-hmm. all that's really campy and fun about that. And there's a lot of good just like just conversations between characters more so than it's like the cool action adventure kind of stuff. It's more like the, just the tension between the American and the Soviet spies, which is what made the TV show so good. And Henry Cavill and Army Hammer are both attractive. (laughs) (laughs) So that doesn't hurt. So, uh, So, you know, and Alicia Vikander, who is fine. Right. She gets to have sex in like Fassbenders. We know I'm, I approve of her choice in men. So, um skyfall i guess would be mine oh yeah yeah because yeah. i, I love that, skyfall i'm glad you yeah. mentioned the man from uncle jenna because i was sitting here going like i can't think of anything and then when you said that i was like oh yeah james bond is definitely big blockbuster i really love mm, skyfall yeah totally um skyfall was great yeah i'm a huge bond fan in general and i'm i am a huge supporter of the new bonds because whenever people Whenever people shit on new stuff, which happens all the time, and they always have something to say <laughs> about how stupid the new Bonds are, how, you know, Daniel Craig isn't suave or whatever, I really want them to go back and watch the Sean Connery ones, because I think everyone's yeah. got this revisionist history, where I'm like, he's not suave. Those he's movies are bad. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're not good. They're totally stupid. <laughs> and they're the later ones, like the uh, later Connery, I mean, he has basically given up. So they have to make everyone around yeah. him like less adequate, so that because otherwise, like that guy would catch Bond. Look at him; he's right there. He'd catch yeah. him. They have to make this guy like a bumbling idiot. <laughs> Diamonds are forever is like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, They're all like the greatest, eight hours I think long. you mean. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always mispronouncing that word. <laughs> Did you have a blockbuster, Carlo? Uh, yeah, I do. Like maybe not really a very surprising one. Uh, mine is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Nice. Oh, um, sure, yeah. Just for being a movie that grew on me, uh, because that movie was just hyped up into I don't know what when that came out. And when I went out to see it in the cinema, like we all basically did, I, I couldn't really watch that movie like with a neutral state of mind, which yeah. kind of like twisted everything for me. Like I came out of the cinema, I was, I was like, I guess that was pretty great. Yeah. I guess. And then, I don't know, I just allowed some time from the hype to 
uh, died down and then eventually I watched it again. I'm like, whoa, this is this is a pretty, pretty great movie. And it's uh, it's just kept growing on me and growing on me. And then I caught it on TV like not too long ago. I'm like, this movie is so intense <laughs> and it's like from start to finish, it doesn't it barely lets up. It's just yeah. like holding your breath the entire <laughs> time, basically. So nonstop and crazy in a very, very um, visceral way and and all of it done practically basically which is a big knock against uh, CG movies which is like what all blockbusters are basically yeah. doing um, but yeah that movie just like when it's on it demands my attention I'm just like transfixed <laughs> and I, I keep watching it I know exactly what you mean about um, when you go see a movie that's been very hyped and mm. you're you're thinking I, I like have to this. like this. Yeah. yeah. Or you're watching and you're like, I really like this movie, but am I liking it as much as I'm supposed to? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically. Basically. And then, so then you watch it later and you're like, okay, now it clicks. That movie's phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's that's what I had with Fury Road. And that yeah. makes I it... had the same feeling. I remember thinking like, do I love this movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I do. And so just for like holding up and growing on me, yeah. um, that's my pick. I'm going to vote for Mad Max Fury Road because now that it's entered into this category, I can't not vote for it because <laughs> that, that, that movie's up there for me. It might even be one of the, the best of the decade overall for me. So, mm, yeah, I love absolutely. that. Movie. I'll vote for Fury Road, too. I have, Mad Max has always been very important to me. And <laughs> yeah. that one, I was so happy with it. And mm -hmm. I was unsurprisingly happy with sort of like the reaction that came out of it. I loved how there was all these like fanboys getting bent out of shape about it yeah sort of like, which it just it blows my mind because i'm like you should really go rewatch the mad max movies it's mm -hmm. a very yeah, really. egalitarian society yeah like that's the women are warriors in most of it mm -hmm. you know like what are you talking about george miller <laughs> george the same guy is making them yeah 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 absolutely all right fine oh, mad max yeah. i'll vote for it it doesn't, it doesn't matter jenna you can vote yeah. for whatever you want mad max already won Dun, Jenna da, da, da. doesn't like Mad Max. I don't but like a boyfriend. Mad Max. But her boyfriend does, so. He loves it. He's obsessed. She likes a, she prefers a gentle Max. I, yes. <laughs> I prefer sad Max. <laughs> well, we all sad, want sad sex? What about sad sex? Sad sex, Fury Road, was uh, my movie trivia uh, group for a little bit, and then we moved on to Look Who's Cockering too. So shout out to them. <laughs> classy guys classy <laughs> what should we do next um maybe go for like best underappreciated um the category said best underappreciated on letterbox and yeah. okay that's what i use to like yeah. see what is um like i rank it by film uh, popularity by and, popularity yeah. and see what ends up at the bottom uh, in terms of stuff <laughs> in terms of stuff i liked so that makes it easy to see okay what was actually underappreciated um, uh, yeah, my nomination for that one is a movie called The Intruder, um, directed by Dion Taylor, starring Michael Ealy, Megan Good, and Dennis Quaid. Um, I love Michael Ealy. Yeah, yeah, uh, great cast. And Dennis Quaid is uh, like he's given it. If if we have a comeback of the decade category, he can go in there for all, for all I care. <laughs> oh, that's that one came out kind of recently, right? And he, like, yeah, it came it's out a like recent 2018 one. or something. Mm -hmm. Came out last year. 
Yeah, I remember seeing the pictures for it, like the stills of it, and even in, mm-hmm. the stills of like him kind of looking in their window and stuff, and you're just like, mm-hmm. it just looks very yeah. This, yeah, this movie, it's kind of like, it reminded me a little of like Jordan Peele-esque Us, uh, Get Out, maybe more Get Out kind of vibes, like uh, racial tensions very much. Um, yeah. But this movie is like far less ambitious than what Jordan <laughs> Peele is going for. It's more like one of these, you know, uh, lifetime stalked by my neighbor type of movies, but with a really, really unhinged Dennis Quaid performance uh, sure. at the center of it. Like, it's it's sort of trashy, but like both me and Michelle found it pretty entertaining. So, um, yeah. and that movie does not get any love. And <laughs> yeah, I, I like that yeah. movie. I really it's, enjoyed it. That movie is great trash, and mm. the, the Quaid performance is unhinged, and yeah, it's very uh, very entertaining. Yep. Well, I'm looking at things that are underappreciated on Letterboxd, and I'm, I'm a lot of the things that, for me, are all documentaries. Mm. <laughs> Mine's a documentary, too. So, <laughs> but, then I, I, but then I feel like I should give a film, too. So I'm going to throw out two things, because screw it. How dare you? I'm doing it. It's one of them is called Filmed in Super Marionation, which Ooh. is a documentary from 2014 about um, the Super Marionation television on yeah. uh, in England. So it's basically all of the, you know, Team America puppets, the the actual mm, the actual yeah. Team America yeah. puppets that were not Team America but very very British. And this is like the most charming and amazing documentary. They uh, bring in the story of basically how the studio was built and then became really famous. It's just full of people that just love what they were doing and they love puppets. And even though I find these puppets slightly creepy looking, (laughs) um, it's so charming and the sets are amazing. The sets are so good. And then they tell you how they shot all of these things and they look so cool. And it was just, it was just really fun. Like I really loved it. Yeah. And it says like 84 people only saw it on Letterboxd. So damn. That's wild. Yeah, I saw that. I really liked it. It was really good. It was Sounds super good. cute. And then the the other one I'm going to nominate is this movie called Ah by Steve Orum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably on recommendation uh, from you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically a bunch of also, also British uh, comedians and, and actors basically pretending it. They're all humans and they all live in a human society, but they all act and speak like apes. So there is no real dialogue. It's just people grunting and like one's an alpha male and one's his beta. And then they, you know, kind of fight over the women who kind of don't give a crap. But it's like watching a a nature documentary, but with people. Mm. And it's honestly like it it sounds stupid, but it is stupid in the best way. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, What's the guy's name from Mighty Boosh? Julian. Yeah, Julian mm-hmm. Barrett's in it, and yeah, Noel yeah. Fielding's in it for a half second, and Alice Lowe, yeah. and mm. it's great. It's honestly great. That's, that, that, nice. that's some movie, yeah. So I have a documentary. I'll bring it up real quick because I'm. It, it's. I, I thought it really didn't get the uh, attention it deserves. I'm not sure if it would win this category, but uh, it's from 2016 called Wizard Mode. And it's a documentary about this guy named Robert Gagno, and he is uh, diagnosed with autism, and he plays on the pinball circuit. So he's like, a, he's trying to be a professional pinball player, and so the whole movie is just about kind of his struggles with trying to fit into this circuit where you know there's a lot of social interaction, and he has trouble with that, 
and he's dealing with this idea that he might move out of his parents' house because he's getting older. And so it's this like incredible portrait of this guy and his kind of obsession with pinball. And it's just a, a incredible documentary. Um, and it's fun and it's entertaining, but it's also really heart wrenching and very human. And I really think that, um, more people should check it out. I believe it was released on Vimeo. I think that might be why it didn't Hmm. get as like, it was one of those things you could go rent it on Vimeo for three bucks or whatever. So I think maybe it flew under some radars that way, but Hmm. yeah, wizard mode. If you like documentaries, check it out. And Roger Daltrey's not in that. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's underappreciated as much as it was just kind of like it didn't get a ton of press or whatever. But the little hours, the uh, oh yeah, oh, Plaza, yeah. Uh, Allison Brie, I really liked that. Hmm. I thought it was very fun, and it's like anachronistic enough without being too much like, hey, it's the Middle Ages, you know. It it has it has some modern jokes and modern humor, but then still keeps everything you know pretty that, close to the period setting is that the mm. one about like the nuns or yeah. whatever yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah nuns yeah, yeah. in the convent I, i've been meaning to check and that out yeah it's funny dave franco is he's like was sleeping with the king's wife and the king finds <laughs> out so he has to run away and he like shows up at this convent and pretends he can't speak and then is like mm. falling in love with allison brie and of course aubrey aubrey plaza just plays this her character is kind of hard to explain because she's like a lesbian witch, but also just angry all the time. And like, it's just such a funny, she just like, you know, she thinks cause he's pretending that he's like a deaf mute. So she'll just be like, you can come inside now. <laughs> like just shrieking <laughs> at him. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> nice. Sweet. All right. So who um... wins? I, I'm going to toss my vote out there. I have no delusions that a documentary that I only saw <laughs> would win a category. So I also saw filmed in Super Marionation. I think Mar- Super Marionation is such a fascinating process. And I love documentaries about, you know, processes and the people that, you know, have a craft and you just get to see the whole world of this craft. And so because that was a delightful documentary, I'll vote for filmed in Super Marionation. Me too. <laughs> I think it's actually quite back row to to do something about puppets, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and back my own nomination. Hmm. Well, I'm voting for the little hours. (laughs) Oh, Carla, you can split it. See, if I had seen little hours, I could like (laughs) give like a A tie. Yeah, yeah, an informed vote, but I can't really like. I also just want to vote for Ah because the movie's <laughs> title is Ah. <laughs> and I want to say Ah. All right. Okay. Well, the... but, but since that is your nomination, you can throw it to your other nomination if you want. <laughs> well, you could just vote for right. Ah and then Super Mary Nation wins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Or if you want to make it like a landslide win. <laughs> no, I think it's yeah. dun, 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 Super Mary Nation. You guys got to watch it. Goog it. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. good. Find it on it's the Goog. Movie. The Goog. Um, I, I wanted to say the, the best movie based on old shit, a.k.a. remake, sequel, already, something that already existed category. My vote for that was Mad Max, So, but we already put that in a category. Hmm. 
yeah. So what else did people so what have else? to throw my, in there? <laughs> my vote for best special effects slash stunts, I made that specifically to talk about Fury Road, but so, yeah. <laughs> so we can okay. let that one go too. <laughs> Was there any other contenders for best movie based on old shit? You mean like the, the best unoriginal idea category, yeah. basically? Yeah. I mean, I have a couple <laughs> for, for, for that because, uh, I mean... 2010s are nothing if not rehashes of old shit. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? Well, like the first one is uh, Dread. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Yeah, it's like a more to the source material adaptation that no one watched when it came out, but has become kind of like a cult classic in the meantime. I saw it in theaters like three times. <laughs> oh, sweet, man. I wish I'd seen it three times in the theater. Um, but yeah. It, quickly became one of my most watched movies since it came out in 2012. Just a big old bombastic video game of a movie set in one location, which I always enjoy. Yeah, um, That was great. Uh, but I have to say, I also enjoyed the Sylvester Stallone Judge Trap movie for different reasons. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, well. the, the, the new Dread is like legit. It, it's very legit. Yeah. Um, uh the alita movie battle angel alita movie that was really great as well like i'm a I big fan i'm a big fan of that manga uh which came out in the 90s and i'm really really happy with what cameron and rodriguez did for that and that in itself was just a big surprise for me because i'm not the biggest james cameron robert rodriguez fan even um and also like rosa salazar's performance as alita in that movie um even though her face looks like your mileage will vary and uh, <laughs> how you feel about that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. And, and you can get a sense of her as an actress. And I think she is amazing uh, in that movie as well. Um, so, yeah, that one was a very, very pleasant surprise for me. And last one that I have to mention is Creed. Uh, again, that was nice. my vote. Oh, nice. Uh, well, you can go ahead if you want, Dan. Well, I am a fan of Rocky. Uh, Same. Same. Like, yeah, yeah, and it was another one of those movies that when I was, if it had been about another sport, I probably wouldn't have watched it when I was younger, but I was like into boxing. Mm. Um, but it was definitely a movie that in my head was just going to be some like stupid, dumb you know rocky movie sports, yeah sports ball jocks and yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a character study a lot of the it movie is, yeah. is just like look at this kind of weird guy going about his day mm-hmm. he likes turtles yeah. you know stuff where you're like what <laughs> it's that's charming, what rocky yeah. was originally so right that's the one that's what i meant like when i saw rocky i was kind of like oh this is so oh, yeah, much yeah, yeah, sweeter yeah. than i thought it was gonna be and the fact that it doesn't have i yeah, mean it's yeah, not yeah, like absolutely. it has a sad ending but he's not like the big victorious, you know, there's a lot mm. of things in it that are like truer to life. You know, he really is, he gets super mm-hmm. beaten up. He's not mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's, uh, so when I saw Creed, I was going into it with pretty high expectations mm-hmm. and they were met. And I thought Michael B. Jordan's performance was great. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like, it really, Yeah. it looked to me, it was kind of like how you're supposed to build on source material where it had a very similar feel and a very similar mm-hmm. tone, but then had its own direction. You know, it had it had and it had all those wonderful moments yeah. between like the older and the younger, 
where like Stallone writes everything out for yeah, him yeah. on a piece of paper and he just like takes a picture of it and he's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. in the cloud. It's like, what are you talking about? What cloud? <laughs> yeah, Stallone's really great in that movie as well. Really, yeah, really him nice. like talking to um, Adrian's grave was like a really beautiful scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really loved Creed. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. Well, we already talked about Alien. We talked about Skyfall, Man from Uncle, yeah. and, and Blade Runner, which is like probably all of my choices for things that are okay. based on old things <laughs> remade. I am going to pick, I'll pick one. Uh, the Alan Partridge movie, uh, Alpha Papa. Oh, that's a funny which one. Which was oh, laugh out that. loud funny, and I know it's sort of yeah. a cheat because it was a TV show, but I don't give a shit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's okay. a, it's, it's a film. It's, that's a movie. it's an, an original idea, yeah. just like the other ones. <laughs> um, um, I loved it, and I love Steve Coogan, and uh, yeah, it was just it was so funny. And I good. honestly, I think that you could watch this without having seen the TV show and still laugh out loud because it was just ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, I I watched it without any context and i don't know if i'd call it laugh out loud funny i i I sort of chuckled so i definitely had the sense of like oh maybe i need to know this character before but yeah it's it it has been a while though so i lolled i uh that's just me i i I was originally gonna vote for mad max Fury road but then carlo brought up dread and i really liked dread so i'm i'm gonna Mm -hmm. vote for dread yeah yeah (laughs) well i'm voting for creed just okay, saying. One for Dread, one for Creed. <laughs> Creed is also I great. haven't seen Creed and I haven't seen Dread, but I'm mm. a sheep, so I'm going to go right for Dread. <laughs> Ooh. It's got it's got Carl Urban. Oh, you well then, yeah, then I'm going to yeah. go for Creed to make it a tie. Dread and Creed tied. <laughs> Dun, da, da. Cool. All right, best foreign language film. Yeah, my pick for this movie is another like super obscure one that I'll just get out of the way right right away. But I I went and saw this movie at TIFF called South is Nothing, um, also known as Il Sud Niente, um, and it is a film that was directed by a guy named Fabio Malo. So it's about a small seaside town, and it is about this uh, daughter of a father who runs like a fish uh, market and they're getting pressure from the mob to close and move. And they're also dealing with like a a family member, a a brother that had passed away recently. And it's just this beautiful, gorgeous, very kind of quiet, meditative movie. Um, And it was one of these things where I, I got a ticket for it at TIFF, didn't know anything about it, walked in completely blind and was just like, really really moved by it so just uh, just to mention it to get the name out there and i i think for a long time it didn't even have distribution so south is nothing from 2013 sounds mm-hmm. interesting cool uh, i'm gonna go ahead and and, and uh, vote for endless poetry by alejandro yodorowsky because i that's what probably honestly in competition for my favorite movie of the decade quite frankly and I'm, I'm so happy that he's been making all these new films about his life, I think, are really interesting. Uh, I wrote something on Back Row about how I feel like everyone right now is getting in on the psycho magic. So uh, this was kind of the beginning of that as someone going back to their actual hometown, recreating, uh, casting his own children to play him and his parents, and kind of going back into his and rewriting his own story as he sort of therapeutically goes through it to understand it in himself. And uh, the the great part about it is, that, is how relatable it all is and how much it's about 
art and and creating art and finding yourself and all of that good stuff without being um sappy so loved it endless poetry well i feel like we're all staying in the the same area uh but (laughs) i'm not about to change that my vote is for we are the flesh out of mexico i really enjoyed this movie i wrote something about it um i really enjoyed a lot of the like new wave mexican horror movies because they just don't seem to have any regard for you understanding what's happening, <laughs> you uh, <laughs> liking what's happening. It really, it almost just seems like exercises in in um, directors doing whatever they want. And I'm all for it, because at least when these directors are doing whatever they want, they are it's still interesting and bizarre and beautiful. It's not just... And like, oh, well, they're doing whatever they want, but it's the same same thing over and over again. Mm. So I would highly recommend We Are the Flesh. It might not be easy to find, but it's out there. <laughs> cool. Um, for my vote, foreign language, well, not English language movie, uh, surprise, surprise, <laughs> it's a Japanese movie called Shoplifters, directed by Hirokazu Koreeda. Um, came out, I think, 2018. And like... Over here in Belgium, we don't get a lot of like alternative movies in the cinemas or like uh, sometimes there's like an art house festival and this played on an art house festival um, that was doing the rounds here and I I watched it and a couple of other Asian movies as well, but this one really blew me away. Uh, Like I said, directed by Koreeda and it's his latest movie and for me, it's his best movie yet because I'd seen a couple of his movies and they were all like very, uh, very like focused on family issues. And this varies from movie to movie, obviously. Um, some people like to compare him to Yasujiro Ozu, uh, who we did yeah. a post anime club episode on. Um, it's a subgenre that some Western cr- uh, critics call Shomengeki, which is like. It basically means like very family focused uh, daily life kind of stuff. Um, But this movie is basically about a family of strays who have sort of created their own family. Like they all live in a house owned by an older lady and she has just basically slowly extended her family by... um, There's this like two uh, middle-aged-ish people and then there's a couple of kids, but none of them are like uh, blood related or anything. And at one point uh, they pick up this uh, little girl who's just like out on the street playing, uh, looking like she doesn't belong anywhere. And that sort of sets things into motion a little, like obviously this little girl belongs somewhere. And then, well, as the movie goes along, you find out eventually, but yeah, this movie has uh, a real heart to it that feels more genuine than his other movies I feel um, which are all at the very least pretty good movies like I've seen most of his like uh, bigger pictures um, and the cast as well like has some really uh, excellent Japanese actors and actresses uh, Lily Frankie, Kirin Kiki um, but at the heart of it and this is also going to be my best performance nomination uh, is Sakura Ando um, who has a performance that will just just tear your heart out um, yeah, yeah I've been meaning to watch movie. this yeah me too I've heard a lot about it so is this a yeah. is this a four-way dead tie mm, maybe it, yeah let's just yeah, say everyone's a winner so. 
Then Yay! let's go right into best performance. <laughs> yeah, so that's your nomination for best performance. Yeah, yeah, Sakura Ando in, uh, in Shoplifters. I've seen her in a couple of other movies as well. Uh, one that came out last decade as well. She's kind of an up and comer. She was in this other movie I watched called uh, 0.5 millimeters, which is a three hour movie of Sakura Ando just going around blackmailing perverted old men. Um, <laughs> Which is, it's as amazing as it sounds. That movie is, is so good, despite being way, way long. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but it's sort of like broken up into vignettes. So you can sort of like watch a part and then the next day watch another part if you're like, don't have the time to sit down for a three hour movie. Um, but yeah, she's an incredible actress. I, I, I really can't wait to see what she does next. Nice. Um, I had a bunch that I was going to try and figure out who to nominate. I, I picked one, but I thought that there was a, a string of performances in like uh, teen movies in the past couple of years. Uh, Belle Powley in Diary of a Teenage Girl and Haley Steinfeld in Edge of Seventeen mm. are really great performances. I'm not going to nominate them, but I'm just saying yeah. I thought those were really great. I was I think maybe my runner-up would have to be Elizabeth Olsen and Martha Marcy May Marlene which I loved, but I have to give my nomination to um, one of the one time where I really agreed with the Academy Awards, um, but I really loved the movie Beginners, and I thought Christopher Plummer was so good in it and really heartbreaking, and I just thought it was such a, a great performance. Mm. From He's from, from Canada and winning the Academy Award. Oh, then you're not allowed you know, to vote for it, and that's against the rules. It was one rules. of those little, things just like... A little bias here. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, Judge. I really hope he wins for Beginners because that is a movie that I really love and a mm. performance that I think is really incredible, but he probably won't because the Academy Awards are garbage. And then he won, and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have to rethink nice. everything now. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Well... Mine, I, this is a hard one uh, for me because, again, there were so many, so many good performances. Um, everyone in Moonlight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I was just like, I was like, movie. who can I pick in Moonlight? And But no, you're right. I know. Everyone, like everyone. everyone. <laughs> Everyone's so good. The kids in it are so good. Uh, Daniela Vega from A Fantastic Woman. Unbelievable performance. Um Natalie Portman in Vox Lux, even people who didn't like that movie were like, but her performance is just so solid the entire way through. But I, I think I'm going to have to nominate just because I, I'm a advocate for non-dramatic movies getting recognition Mm. for performances. Um, Aubrey Plaza in Ingrid Goes West, which is also, yeah, yeah, that movie's also my vote for best depiction of the human condition, (laughs) because it's just, (laughs) there's so much in her Mm. character where it's like, yeah, she's crazy, but you also, she feels sad without being pathetic. You know, there's a lot, I I really thought she did a good, like, multi-layered character that is believable and oh, yeah, you absolutely, know, yeah. that you can hate at the moments you're supposed to yeah. hate, but come back to liking. <laughs> She's really, I think it's hard for female characters to be anti-heroes, you know, and when they are, mm-hmm. they're like femme fatale. People are like, oh, Gone Girl was so good. Yeah. It's like, you know, women aren't allowed to be bad. And I'm like, no, they've always been tricking men and lying about rape. <laughs> like, come on, that's what we do. Yeah. But when you have something that is, <laughs> that's being sarcastic, obviously. Um, <laughs> I just thought I should throw that in real fast. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah, disclaimer. Good but idea. When yeah. you have something where just in like, case. you do sort of vacillate back and forth with Ingrid Goes West, where there's a lot of scenes where you're like, I, 
girl, you're being stupid. You're being stupid and crazy. Knock it off. Mm-hmm. If you were my friend, I would tell you to stop. And then you go like, oh, she doesn't have any friends. And she doesn't know how to make friends. Mm. And we live in a world that doesn't mm. teach you how to make friends. And yeah. she thinks that having interests, they having the same interests, even yeah. if they're not really yours, that that's equals being friends. And so then you have a whole big loop of that yeah. through the whole movie mm. where you're like, oh, you're sad. Oh, but you're also crazy. Oh, but you're sad. <laughs> so that's my vote. <laughs> yeah. And you're like... Eh- yeah, and that's such a good performance and such a great movie and a movie that I think was very kind of pushed aside, you know, as, oh, it's a it's a dark comedy, but it doesn't, you know, it, it felt like a movie that people were saying didn't right. land in one thing or the other, but that's actually right. like why yeah. it's such a like, phenomenal movie because it is, it is, it is able to make you laugh and, and Aubrey, Pla- Aubrey Plaza's performance is really funny and she is so over the top but then all of a sudden you know it's incredibly dramatic and you see the depth of her performance and how Mm. messed up she is and how you know unable she is to get any kind of the support or the help or like it's just this kind of spiral and it oscillates between being really darkly funny and really darkly dramatic and I think people don't like that they want to be like is it funny or sad I don't know movies that there are some movies that I feel like the label mean spirited gets slapped onto very, very fast. And one of them, I also love mm-hmm. young adults people. I've heard a lot of people. Oh, it's so good. And I've heard a lot of people refer to so it as spirited. And I'm like, I disagree. Like, I think there's, there's a kernel of that there, but like, it's, it's just, it's just a depiction of someone really insecure and really unhappy. And who mm-hmm. even at some points like asks yeah. for help and people ignore her, you know? And I think that, Sometimes I did hear some people, uh, some reviewers kind of, even ones who liked it, be like, but the mean spirited side of Ingrid goes west. And I like, again, it's, I was like, Mm. I don't know if I really see it as mean spirited. (laughs) I think it's, it is, it is in favor of Ingrid, you know, when it gets down to it, but it's also like in favor of Ingrid being better. You know, it wants it. Right. She could be. Mm. She reads the books that she says she likes and she does the work that other people don't do. Other people just say they love something yeah. or isn't this great? And, you know, they don't mm-hmm. they don't absorb anything. And she's almost like working too hard to be shallow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I love. Yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. I'm just a sucker for like that mix of like dark comedy and social commentary. But the kind that doesn't really feel like they're trying to rub it in. It, it feels right. like that movie feels very spontaneous to me. And, and uh, yeah, I just think Aubrey Plaza is, is super, super underappreciated. Like we need to appreciate her more and put her in just yeah. just put her in everything. Like right. I loved her. But I loved her back in the day in Parks and Rec, but she's come a long way since since yeah. that Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the opening scene of Ingrid Goes West is her hysterically crying in her car for starters, mm-hmm. which already mm-hmm. is great. And yeah. then just macing yeah. a bride on her wedding day. <laughs> yeah. And it is something where it's like you're hysterically laughing and then also being like, what is, what am I watching? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's a good feeling. I think like, <laughs> I, I always find it interesting that there's this idea that people are like afraid to relate to a character that could be like mean mm-hmm. or fucked up or, or complicated. Like, 
you know, it it just it's so weird to me. Like I I'm a big fan of the movie Five Easy oh, Pieces, yeah. and I really like Jack Nicholson's performance in that. And so often I see that movie being treated as like, well, he's a piece of shit asshole guy, and so I don't care about this movie. And it's like, yes. Right. It's about an asshole guy. Yeah, he's also the movie seems to like know troubled that. and yeah, or, or like Ingrid Goes West, where it's like she's so she's so messed up and she's so you know mean and she does all these awful things. So I can't. I'm now just gonna back away from it. It's like, or you could look at it and be like, what's and going also on the worst here? Person in right. <laughs> you know, like is Elizabeth Olsen's character. Yeah, like that's you totally. know at, at the end. There's a lot of people who do want genuine connection, but don't even you know, are kind of unsure how that works. Yeah. Um, so, and it's pretty clear that it's like, well, this person. Her boyfriend's pretty bad as well, though. Uh, yeah. Played by yeah. Wyatt Kurt Russell. Russell's Kurt, kid. Kurt Russell's yeah. son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, little yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Actually, it doesn't look that much like him. But, no, yeah. but I saw this movie that came out. Um, what was it called? Overlord, like the horror yeah, war the, movie. Yeah. And there are definitely parts in that movie where he at least sounds like Kurt Russell like when he's all like getting <laughs> snarly and stuff I'm like Jesus that's Kurt Russell just right. un- uncanny yeah, <laughs> yeah Ingrid he... Goes West has so many good performances mm-hmm. yeah O'Shea Jackson Jr. is great yeah. yeah yeah Billy Magnusism however you say it as like her sleazebag brother because mm-hmm. then like <laughs> you you meet Wyatt Russell's character and kind of go like he seems he seems like an opportunist you know who's like living off his wife making money and his art work sucks and then you meet her brother and you're like okay let's go back to Wyatt Russell this kid is the worst you know he's even like that's a real great racist story Nikki and like leaves the room (laughs) talking about fucked up people I would say that one of my nominees I don't like I'm gonna give a bunch of 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 nods and then one nomination because otherwise I'll be here forever so one of one of my nods goes to um Jake Gyllenhaal and Prisoners Mm. Oh sure. Yeah. Which yeah. I it was a that movie is crazy and even though it sort mm. of dissolves into like a like weirdly like vigilanteism. Well, mm. but it like the movie ends with like almost like a weird B horror plot. But like <laughs> yeah, sure. I can see that. I can see that. But like I love that movie and Jake Gyllenhaal is just I there's all these little ticks and quirks that he has that never Jake get addressed Gyllenhaal and it's so sweet. impressive and it it works yeah. so well. It just like you channel it all into him as as this like cop. Yeah. It was he was so good in really, that movie. Like really detailed too. He does a lot of stuff yeah. that mm-hmm. I've seen um, where it's like he buttons his collar all the way to the top. He right. looks like people who are going mm. before a parole board do that kind of stuff. You know, where mm. they have their buttons all the way to the top and then you can, st- but you can still see like the tattoos yeah. on their neck. Stuff that I was like, okay, this, I feel like he might've put some design into this himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jake Chilnall yeah. has been making some interesting career choices. I feel in, in, in the last decade, like, um, <laughs> have you seen Okja? The, the Korean? Yeah. Movie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. He, 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 plays, he, plays he basically psycho, plays, then... um, Rip Taylor, is that it? I can see why you would say that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically oh, that's... who he's playing. Yeah, I I like though that he can go from that very like yeah like wild over the top yeah to to something like prisoners. He, he can do it all basically. I'm gonna give another nod to Oscar Isaac for Inside Lewin Davis, nice, where yeah. he mm, is yeah. a fantastic a singer. He's so good uh, in that film, and also put him on the map for the 2010s. And yeah. he has not left. He's <laughs> that, that's a movie that's so good that I like 
forgot to put it on any of my lists. Like it, like it's like <laughs> one of my favorite movies of the decade, Easy. And I just now was like, oh shit, that yeah, yeah, that movie's great. That movie's absolutely. Yeah. Great. I really just and then, that movie, but whatever. <laughs> screw you, <laughs> Jen and Man. I have thought about it already. <laughs> the next nod I'm gonna d- dole out here is for Michael Stuhlbarg and Call Me by Your Name. He really stared. Uh, he plays in the that father. Movie well. <laughs> And what are you laughing about? No, I'm and- sorry. <laughs> it's just, he was he played this character on Boardwalk Empire. He he's an amazing. Oh actor. yeah, I remember. Yeah. He played. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, and for the sure. character he's he plays on Boardwalk Empire is like so upsetting, and I love him. He's a great, you know. But he like he just he's very cold and calculating, and it is always impressive to me that because I didn't see a serious man till well after it came out. I already watched Boardwalk Empire, but Same. then watching him is like this sort of ineffectual little nebbish dude. I was like, oh, oh. So he's got he, that same uh, energy in Call Me by Your Name. I will give him the best actor of the decade, quite frankly, just because that guy's been in 22 movies for the 2010s, mm. he's... and he's a perfect character actor, and you don't notice him, and that's what's so good about him. Yeah, he like he's in every freaking movie, and unless you know, <laughs> unless you're like, oh my god, serious man, like you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna notice it. But okay, finally, I'm gonna get my best performance here, which is definitely gonna be Elizabeth Moss and her smell. Nice. Oh, because. Sure. She makes that entire film. I mean, like without her, that that's a good film. The script mm. is really tight. It's it's a uh, you know really interesting. I love to have that type of character who I call the Don Quixote of scum because it's like this horrible person that that seems to just ma- magically attract people to follow them. Yeah. On their sort of like you know crazy adventures into like the depths of of like <laughs> hell basically. And I love that that's a, a woman. Because you typically get that that character as a guy right. uh, throughout the the many you know the the decades, and uh, so I I loved the character. I love everything, but it would really be nothing without Elizabeth Moss just giving it her all and just being awesome. And she's another one who I feel like really came into her own in the 2010s she, uh, as far as movies and everything goes. Is she a Scientologist though? Yeah, she is. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that a thing? Yeah, <laughs> like like I like Elizabeth Moth. I think she's a great actress, and and uh, I haven't seen um, her smell. But, Art from uh, artist uh, Carlo. I, I, I did see all of Mad Men, and and she was great on that. And uh, did you see the yeah. one I love? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah oh that yeah, that's great. a good yeah, movie as well. I love yeah, that movie. that's cool. And she was. They were that's both really movie. her and the the Mark Duplass Duplass brother that looks like my brother. Mark Duplass. Yeah. 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 They were they were really great together. Yeah, I I really liked her smell, mm-hmm. but I felt like I liked the second half more, to some degree, and I felt like I needed to like think on that movie a lot afterwards. It was a movie that I walked away from being like, I think I really liked this, but I'm not sure how much I liked it. But it's it's definitely an an incredible committed performance. Like she's she's great in it. Well, it sounds like everyone wants to vote for Aubrey Plaza. Yay! <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. I'm going to vote for Ingrid Goes West just because that was so... That's another example of I, I really love that movie and wasn't really thinking of it until it was brought up. And then we, we kind of mm-hmm. went off on a big, like, 20-minute tangent about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Oh, yeah, that is an amazing performance. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm-hmm. vote for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Maybe she gets the uh, back row notes from the back row bump, and she'll be in even more movies now. <laughs> yeah, she was great in Legion. I loved Legion. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah, good. yeah. 
Totally. So let's go into our, our best picture. Here we are, finally. Okay. The end. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what I think we should do. I think we should list our, our top five. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, from <laughs> number five down to number one to make it very dramatic for our listeners. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have no ranking, but I'll do whatever, I guess. Go on letterbox. Yeah. Sort by your rating. Highest first. <laughs> <laughs> what, what rating? <laughs> Here I'll I'll start, and I'm gonna say because I already nominated Endless Poetry uh, for Best Foreign, I'm gonna remove that, even though some of these are foreign. <laughs> Actually, I like half of these are. I've foreign. got some doubles. Yeah. I've got some doubles. I don't care. Um, so number five, I guess would be would totally be Moonlight. Uh, Moonlight was amazing and wonderful character study, and exactly the type of movie I would love to see more of. And uh, yeah. Number four would be The Skin I Live In Hell yes. uh, by Almodovar, which was another movie that like absolutely I was I was like about to turn it off because I thought it was so disgusting. And then uh, the twist happens and I don't even want to talk about it because it was so good and it totally I just, blew my I, mind. I, and I feel like I hate to there was like, this, but I yeah, one of the categories I had listed was like best twist, and for me it was either going to be the skin <laughs> I live in or um, the twist from the one I love. And then after I wrote it, I was like, but I kind of don't want to ever ruin that for anyone. Like I want both those mm-hmm. twists to be things that nobody sees until they're watching the movie. Because holy shit, the one in the skin I live in, it's a I've shown that movie to so many people, and every time that comes up, they're always like, what? It's so good. <laughs> It's so good, and it, it there's so much there's so much commentary just about masculinity in that movie that I think is really interesting, and I think it's a really interesting way to to put it. And I feel like that's the type of movie that I want to show criminals and right. be like, <laughs> <laughs> like learn something. Um, the so then after that, I'm totally gonna nominate. Uh, what am I up to? Three synonyms by uh, Navad Lapid Lapid. I don't know how to say his name. Sorry, guy. <laughs> Sounded um, like a Pokemon, but okay. <laughs> he this is this movie came out this year and I, I loved it so much. I had a screener of it, a humble brag, and then I uh, loved it so much that I went to theaters to go see it again because it was so freaking good. And if you want to read why I love it, it's on my back row list of best movies uh, for twenty nineteen. Then number two uh, would be Inside Lewin Davis because, as we all said, best movie ever. Shut up, Vern. Number <laughs> one. Did we all say that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> number one, and here's my nomination, is The Love Witch by Annabelle. Hell yes. Um, I love The Love Witch. There is just, it, it just because of the fact that she wrote, directed, created all the costumes, did all the art, uh, just edited, shot everything. Like that, that Annabelle, like, toured the shit out of this movie and it looks so unique and so wonderful while still looking like modern and also retro and it has this like fantastic commentary on feminism and different types of feminism and the whole thing is perfect yeah uh it's it's a it's a brilliant movie it's so good i'm like just upset that Annabella isn't coming out with movies every year but at the same time she puts so much time and effort I think that movie took her seven years to make or something and and you can tell because it's awesome and she's she's like John Carpenter where she's like the one man band or one woman band as as far as a filmmaker where she writes it she directs it she produces it she does the set designs you know it so she does every little thing and you can tell it's 
it's unbelievable. Her movies are great. The two I've seen. <laughs> I have seen none. <laughs> I saw some of The Love Witch, but it was just on while I was around, so I did I wasn't actually watching it. Well, I guess I'll go, and I'm glad Jenna went first because she covered a couple that I was like, oh, The Love Witch, Moonlight for sure, um, and The Skin I Live In. So I'm going to start... I'm going to start with Tangerine and the Florida Project. Yes. Uh, you know, I kind of group them together. Um, I love both those movies. I love I love that Sean Baker makes these movies about people in the fringes of society that isn't just, like, weepy and sad. I think people forget that when you're poor and living in poverty, you still do have fun sometimes. You know, we just always right. make it look like <laughs> such a slog that, you know that you must be thinking if you're someone heartless, like, well, why would anyone want to live like this? You must be able to fix your life. But he does show a very full world of how people who live in ways that we, a lot of us would think of, you know, being pretty dehumanizing are actually kind of enjoying themselves. It's not to say that these are like fun romps, but it doesn't go like every single second of their life is unbearable misery. You could see how someone would convince themselves that like this is good this is i'm living and this is good tangerine i think for sure because at least florida project is through a kid's eyes and you know so kids can kind of be led to think something else uh tangerine you really you see characters that really love each other and you know we we might not we might look at the situations they're in and be concerned for them they sort of know what they're doing. We're concerned for them because people are shitty and they're sex workers, but they are okay with themselves, okay with their lives. You know, it's just a very interesting perspective. Uh, number four would probably have to be The Incident. It's a Mexican movie uh, that was just, it. again, it was almost like a Twilight Zone episode where these people are just stuck in a loop and they can't get out of it and they don't know what it is. And it is, it does become this, like, internal thing of, are they actually alive? Are they still real? Um, and it's very good. Number three is Vox Lux, because I love that movie so much. <laughs> oh, God, it's getting very it's hard. So, it's so hard. Uh, I know. I'm like, there's <laughs> I, so I hate many... ranking, and I'm trying to do it while I'm listening. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to say a fantastic woman. Um because that I really haven't talked about that movie much yet, and I thought it was a really again it was just another like beautiful. You wrote depiction. about it a lot on back. I row. did. I was just like, hey, have you guys seen? This I movie? really need to see, see that. Movie. I was really reading good. about that and being like, it. Yeah, it looks so good. It, and it's just a, it's again it's a very good character study, and I I feel like this might not even necessarily be my favorite movie of the decade, but it's a movie I love so much that and I brought up a lot that I can't imagine not including it. Um, good time. Good nice. time was oh, a 2017 time. was my absolute favorite movie. I've loved it every time I've watched it. I've loved it more every single time I've watched it. I guess that's also why it gets pushed to the front because it's yeah. something I've seen a bunch and shown to a lot of people. And you know, but as soon as I say it, I was just thinking of this movie Cheap Thrills that I really loved and showed. I love Cheap people. Thrills. Yeah, I love Cheap Thrills. And <laughs> There's too many movies. <laughs> I know it's so hard. Yeah. Um, 
and I, they almost, it's not that they're similar movies. They just sort of have a similar energy, <laughs> yeah, definitely. which is just like increasing insanity. Yeah. Uh, so my, my number one is, uh, good thrills. <laughs> <laughs> or cheap yeah. time. Cheap time. Whatever, whatever you like. Good, good time. Great movie. <laughs> Um, I'll go and I'll disclaimer that, uh, you know, there's, a uh, there's so many movies I can't pick from. There's 66 movies on my list of favorites on Letterboxd. I'm never going to choose wrong. You're going, to I jail. know, and I'm never <laughs> going to be able to cover them all. You know, we've talked a lot about Mad Max Fury Road and that's not even on my list here. So, um, unfortunately, but so I'm going to start with a movie called my entire high school sinking into the sea. Oh, directed nice. by Dash Shaw from 2016. It's an animated movie. It's really short, 75 minutes. It's got a ton of people that you would recognize doing voices like Jason Schwartzman, Reggie Watts, Maya Rudolph, Susan Sarandon, tons of people, John Cameron Mitchell. And it is beautiful and unlike any animation animated movie that you've ever seen. It's just incredible. Mm. I love it so much. Not enough people talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, second, yeah, so that knocks off uh, Fury Road just because everyone always talks about Fury Road. So, and that movie is <laughs> incredible. Um, <laughs> then I'm gonna have to go with Innkeepers by Ty West. Uh, oh, with, I love Ty West. Yeah, with Sarah Paxton and Pat Healy. Just because when that came out in 2011, I saw it um, at like a film festival, and I'd already. Um, I'd already enjoyed House of the Devil, but Innkeepers for me was like, okay, you you proved that you could do a throwback horror movie and it's fun and entertaining, and then now you're gonna do kind of your take on a haunted house movie, um, but kind of you know surrounded by like this relationship comedy, and it's very kind of dry and very kind of funny and hilarious, but also um, like super spooky, and so I just. That movie just really hit me at a certain point where I was like, I really love this movie. Um, mm. Then I'm going to go with Paddington. <laughs> I love the Paddington it's, movies. It's Paddington? I love them. <laughs> Shut up, Jenna. <laughs> Paddington the Bear? <laughs> yes. Okay, just checking. Yeah, Paddington the Bear. So uh, <laughs> this is directed by Paul King. He did stuff with the Mighty Boosh and... Um, I love both of those movies. I think they're absolutely hilarious. I think Paddington as a character is one of the best performances of the decade. I think it's heartwarming. They're gorgeously animated and, and like the effects and the way that they sort of, um, you know, merge with all the real life action and stuff. It's just a wonderful, hilarious, heartwarming, heart tugging movie. And I think they're both just beacons of light. They're just beautiful are there so they just make me happy <laughs> um so paddington then i'm gonna have to say shirkers oh that's great too which was a netflix documentary and it is this story just about um a teenager who was making singapore's first indie movie with an american sort of mentor mentor and how he kind of vanishes with the footage and they've used the footage to make this new documentary um and, you know, maybe made an even better movie in hindsight. You know, this is an incredible documentary about filmmaking, about friendship, about so many things. And then it's also kind of like a, you know, 
mystery of where did this guy go and what happened to him. It's so many things, and they're all wonderful. <laughs> um, and then my number one, which might not even be my number one, Shirkers was almost my number one, but I really like Green Room a lot. It's just a crazy movie. I think it nails the punk rock stuff in a way that other movies don't. Um, I think that is helped by the fact that the people in the movie all kind of formed their own little band to be the band in the movie. Um, so it's very authentic. Um, and then also there's a bunch of Nazis and they all get murdered horrifically in it. And so, you know, it's very satisfying. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, I really like, uh, Blue Ruin as well, Mm. but Green Room is just such a rewatchable, crazy, crazy movie. For my best picture nominations there's a couple on here i've already mentioned like shoplifters is definitely one of them uh, also my best foreign pick uh ingrid goes west definitely also part of my top five if i had to pick uh and then a couple i haven't really talked about one of them is uh the tale of princess kaguya Ooh. which oh, is yeah. Uh, a Ghibli movie, but not a Miyazaki Ghibli mm-hmm. movie. It's uh, directed by Isao Takahata, who passed away, I believe, a year, maybe two ago. And he's always been kind of like, um, everyone knows Miyazaki because Spirited Away and uh, House Moving Castle and whatever. But I've always been more of a fan of Takahata because he has a firmer grasp on like uh, grounded um like the emotional core of the movie is a lot more tangible, which kind of get, gets a little bit lost in Miyazaki's like excessive fantasies, which I also really, really enjoy, obviously. But um, You just like to weep. We get it. <laughs> um, this movie hits pretty hard at certain points. This movie like made Princess, me weep. Princess Kaguya is a devastating movie. Um, Maybe even Takahata's best movie, even though all of them are pretty amazing. You've got like Pompoko, Only Yesterday, um, all of them amazing. Um, But yeah, who knows? Uh, I'll have to see in like 10 years how I feel about like what the best Ghibli movie is. But then again, it doesn't matter. They're all like 90% of them are amazing. But this movie just blew my socks off, both visually in terms of the impact that it had in, in certain points, uh, based on an actual fairy tale, Tale of Princess Kaguya. Um, so I have two yep. left, and one of those is One Cut of the nice. Dead, which is a Japanese zombie horror movie directed by Shinichiro Ueda. Um, so I say a zombie movie. Um, <laughs> in quotations a little. On the surface, <laughs> this is a zombie movie, but honestly, the least the less i explain about this one the better like if you haven't seen one cut of the dead yet and if you only heard about it just just watch yeah. it <laughs> like i couldn't stop thinking about what this movie did for a week and and that's about all i yeah. say like, I, I as I somebody rem- who hasn't seen it but has heard a ton of people talking about it i mm-hmm. would say it's a movie that starts like a zombie movie but it's not a zombie movie mm-hmm. and yeah i'm gonna watch it because i've heard so much about it but yeah, yeah. I, I, I everything i've like heard like Pontypool, where you're like, yeah, okay, it's I like, guess this is a zombie movie. Well, it's but... <laughs> everything I've heard is more like, okay, it kind of starts like a movie, and if you are thinking 20 minutes into the movie, okay, it's a fine zombie movie, I guess, then like, mm-hmm. don't stop watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because this movie kind of plays a trick on you. And we were talking early in the podcast about like, um, 
you know, like one take shots. Uh, that was a big thing in the 2000s. Like, ooh, look at this one take shot. And this is sort of what this movie is subverting. Like the one take shot, uh, therefore the title, One Cut of mm-hmm. the Dead. Um, Japanese title is actually more like uh, Don't Stop Rolling. Um, so it's like a pretty liberal translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a subversion on that, on the zomb- zombie genre. And um, also, like, if we were going to do uh, a best twist category, this also <laughs> fits in there. Um, yeah, definitely check out One Cut of the Dead, that movie. So uh, it really stuck with me. Um, uh, for my last one, I'm going to go for a documentary, actually. We're talking mm-hmm. about documentaries earlier uh but a movie that i watched on a recommendation of jenna was uh beauty is embarrassing oh yeah the wayne white documentary that was so good Um, so 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 good so there were a lot of good documentaries that came out in 2010 so i really enjoyed like about filmmaking and and films that i enjoy like you've got uh screaming in high heels which is about the 80s screen queens and never sleep again about the nightmare on elm street movies but as great as all of those were, like none of them did for me what Beauty is Embarrassing did. Like I love Pee-wee's Playhouse and I love Wayne White and everything he does and uh, like Mimi Pond and everything. Um, Just their entire family is so cool. (laughs) And I just found this like very, very inspiring and invigorating in the sense that I, I got the sense that there are people out there who operate on my wavelength, which is sort of exactly what you need when Mm. you're just doubting everything. And just for being able to, um, like, this isn't necessarily speaking about the, uh, the 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 quality of the film or the filmmakers or whatever, but I guess this is more like I attribute this to like how cool Wayne White and uh, Wayne White and his family mm. are, and um, this yeah, it's a, it's a great documentary, and it's so it's it, so it, inspirational. Yeah, it is. It is. I like when I saw that, I just felt like I have to go out and make something right now. And and yeah, like a real kick in the ass. <laughs> That's it's so good. That honestly, that one and, and, and Yodowaski's Dune was the other one that oh, just yeah. like yeah, totally that's, like that's great as well. It's that's so well, inspirational yeah. to, to mm-hmm. watch, especially with the with the Dune one. It's like this is such a failure. And yet look at everything that came out of it and look at the like mm-hmm. crazy journey that happened when he was yeah. trying to make this. And like it like everything that came out of this failure for everyone was so positive. And so I, li- I like to see with how like, you know, people at their lowest and, and how you can turn that around to, to make it something at your like at your topmost, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of say at your highest, but that sounds a little bit more. <laughs> and like an offshoot of those two is uh, what would be my vote for best documentary had we covered that topic is the wolf, <laughs> the wolf pack, where it's these kids just right. like isolated, even though they live in the middle of New York City, which seems unbelievable. And they're just watching movies and recreating them to the point that it looks professional. The one kid does a Steve Buscemi impression that I was like, get the fuck out of here with this. Why are you so good? <laughs> like, it's really to just see how how these things that even ones that uh, movies that we might kind of roll our eyes at, how much they did inspire this like small group. You know, I definitely was mm-hmm. super impressed with that whole documentary. Nice. Do we have to vote or do we just say those were all of our tops and that's... Yeah, now we have to do vote. Do we want to vote? <laughs> no. It's going to get confusing if you vote yeah, on I this. I kind of so just like those are the lists we... and that. 
<laughs> I think the winner yeah. is the snowman from 2017. <laughs> <laughs> that, That's that it. Podcast over. Bye. That has my vote. Yes, absolutely. Detective Harry Hole. Harry Hole. <laughs> I gave I... you the clues. No irony there. <laughs> Being stalked by ominous looking snowmen. And this dude falls asleep outside all the time in norway was it norway and like yeah you i may be in the books he's like missing a bunch of fingers and shit but he sure isn't in the movie i'm like are you kidding me honestly that movie is an incredible piece of kind of like it's like a it's like a puzzle because you watch (laughs) that movie and you can see the thought process that went into all these different you know elements like the cinematography is really good and like the performances aren't aren't bad and and the direction is good and so you see all these things and you're like but i don't understand why at no point they didn't realize none of it is going to work together like right, it just nothing, like you look at it you're like sense. i i understand what you thought you were doing you thought you were doing you know like you know um like a zodiac or like a, a prisoners mm-hmm. like this is what you were going for but every element landed weird <laughs> yeah it's very fascinating <laughs> i and i can't it ends with the promise of a sequel, a sequel yeah is it when do i what's <laughs> i'm still waiting on there i feel like it was mark kermode i'm just gonna say it was mark kermode because i love him but there was some reviewer mark kermode who said uh <laughs> i was like maybe <laughs> i can't remember who it was um he had said that like he thought maybe the movie was edited the way it was to show you like what it would be like to solve a mystery if you were a blackout alcoholic because <laughs> like yeah. you wouldn't know what's going on you'd <laughs> yeah, be forgetting it, stuff it, that you learned already <laughs> yeah it does feel like okay you had all these elements and then edited it together in a way where none of it worked <laughs> <laughs> it's so good job yeah Good, I'm glad the snowman won. <laughs> the snowman is the best picture. Everyone who got a Back Rosie award, please come up to the stage afterward and we will uh, take some photo ops and uh, we'll give you at least a chocolate coin. And, um, you have them left over from Hanukkah. <laughs> yep, left over from Hanukkah. And thank you, Carlo. And thank you, Dan. And thank you too, even Vern. <laughs> I know, What? It's because I don't like Inside Lou and Davis. I know. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like Oscar Isaacs. I just hated that movie. Sorry, it's too late. You're going overboard <laughs> into international waters that we're floating in. Right. Thank you, everyone. Tune in next time in, in the next 50 years for the next Back Rosie Awards. <laughs> Play us out, Bye. Jenna. <laughs> That sounded like the Wicked Witch of the West. From... Dun, 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 dun. It's the hold music from Monty Python. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Very specific. This podcast is a presentation of Back-Row.com, co-founded by Veronica Dolginko and Jenna Ipcar, also featuring Carlo Van Stepout and Dan Gorman.